0: Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Nick Frillman, local food systems and small farms educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming to you live today from Bloomington, Illinois with a garden bite. Americans all over the country have really taken advantage of the increased amount of locally grown produce that's available at farmers markets and grocery stores near to them in the last decade. With the increasing pressure on our food system to produce more specialty crops for consumption, both conventional and organic growers have typically relied on one specific tool in their toolbox for planting, weeding, and succeeding at bringing crops to market, and that tool is called tillage. Tillage, for those unfamiliar, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, is the manipulation of the soil into a desired condition by mechanical means. In plain English... We could think of tillage as the breaking up of one's soil to a greater or lesser extent by using a tool or implement, typically but not always, attached to the back of a tractor and dragging it through the soil at a specific depth and speed for various reasons. The two top reasons that farmers till their soil are, one, for mechanical weed control, and two, to better prepare their soil so that crop seeds or transplant plugs can be planted more easily, otherwise known as bed prep. For much of the last 50 years of our agricultural history, especially in the Midwest, tillage was one of those things that was done almost without thinking about it, to grow most all annual crops. Recently, the tide has begun to turn. What if it turns out that it's possible to have respectable weed control levels, be able to direct seed or transplant, and be successful at raising crops with less, or potentially without, tillage? That is precisely what the Vegetable Beet podcast by the Great Lakes Vegetable Producers Network seeks to explore in some of their latest episodes. In the episode of the Vegetable Beet that aired October 20th, Rue Genger, a research scientist with UW Madison's Department of Horticulture, interviewed the owner operators of Good Turn Farm in Pepin County, Wisconsin, to discuss their use of reduced tillage practices. The episode is a wealth of knowledge and goes into some detail of how to operate a vegetable farm using reduced till and no-till practices, including their successes and failures along the way. Low-till and no-till practices referenced in the episode include sheet mulching or tarping for bed prep, incorporating cover crops into the vegetable production rotation, and using tillage as a transitional tool to eventually achieve a no-till planting site. Some may be wondering, why reduce tillage when it sounds like such a useful practice for weed control and planting, though? And that's a fair question. According to the USDA, no-till practices reduce soil erosion, increase soil biological activity, and increase soil organic matter. Heavy tillage, meanwhile, is proven to deplete soil organic matter in the soil by exposing it to oxygen. According to the FAO, or Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, oxygenation of soil by tillage speeds up the activity of soil microbes, which in turn decompose soil organic matter at higher rates than it can be formed. And that's just what's known so far. Extension researchers and agricultural professionals alike all around the world continue to explore the cutting edge of reduced till and no-till science as it relates to the all-encompassing term of soil health as regards crop production. The low- and no-till gardening handout from the University of New Hampshire Extension is another thought-provoking piece of this puzzle that helps to conceptualize why reducing tillage might be a good idea, even in the backyard garden. Extension specialists from that project note that while a tilled garden soil is bacterially rich, an untilled garden soil can become rich in soil fungi as well over time. Recently, research has demonstrated that soil fungi form beneficial relationships with crop plant roots in no-till or reduced-till systems. When mycelial networks are allowed to develop, nearby crop plant roots can access a vast ocean of underground mycelium-foraged soil nutrients that would otherwise be inaccessible to them. In exchange, the soil fungi get a little bit of the plant sugar that is photosynthesized, from sunlight interception of the crop. Unfortunately, when soil is heavily tilled, the soil fungi web developed in association with those plant roots is destroyed, and roots lose access to a whole other network of otherwise available nutrients. The point of today's Garden Bite is not to decide whether tillage is either good or bad. Farming never happens in black and white, nor does growing at any scale, but in fact in the gray. At the end of the day, Tillage is one of many tools in the toolbox of annual agriculture, as described before, and it's an excellent tool to get started farming successfully. But just as humankind has evolved over time, so too have our farming practices. With the potential to fight climate change with carbon sequestration that can result from decreasing tillage, this topic is worthy of further consideration by us all. To wrap up, as listeners who choose to explore the vegetable beet will find out, one simply does not switch their whole growing space over to low-till or no-till practices overnight. That could be disastrous. It's a slow, methodical, and intentional process of improving growing over time. And for many farmers interested in beginning this journey, it is interestingly reminiscent of a slowly developing soil mycelial network. The mycelium, or in this case the growers, build their networks by accessing resources, like farmers, podcasts, webinars, conferences, or other information streams. And thankfully, Illinois Extension professionals and the Good Growing Podcast can play a part in this process. That's all I'll say for this week, so many thanks for listening, and as always, keep on growing.